Hello legends, welcome back to Does It Hurt When You Do That, Don't Do That, the podcast where I talk to interesting people, change makers, about the things that they do and don't do that hurt. And today is a solo episode, it is me here in my isolation inspiration station and today I am going to shout out to the listeners who have been sending all of the wonderful kind words. Uh, thank you so much. It means heaps. And also talk a little bit about meditation. Right on. So first, shout out to everybody who's been listening. It is really cool to hear what you've thought of the episodes, especially those of you who I don't know. Um, I really appreciate hearing from you. People in America, I understand you're there. Write to me. I want to know who you are. Somebody is in Lithuania listening to this podcast. And for me, making this from my bedroom in Collingwood, Nam. Melbourne, Australia, the universe, that is a total mind boggle. So I would love to hear from you. Please write to me on does it hurt when you do that at gmail.com or on the social media, does it hurt when you do that underscore don't on Insta or does it hurt when you do that on the friend's face because I would love to be friends with you and your face, you know, if that's something that you're up for because, yeah, it's, 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 Way different um, making this to anything that I've kind of done before. A lot of my work before as an artist is all live. And so I get the feedback. I see the people and I meet the people. And that's something that I really miss in this time. But also love that there's this way in which I'm bringing peeps together. And, well, it's I'm getting a hell of a lot out of it because the guests that I'm having are just so juicy and I've got a bunch of other episodes in the can that I'm going to be able to release. Like It's like the 12 days of Christmas with more editing. <laughs> That's what it feels like for me. The 12 days of Christmas with more editing. And seriously though, the whole time that I'm editing... I'm listening and I'm just like, oh, that's so relevant to my life. I'm so lucky. Yes, great. Thank you. Awesome. And anyway, I'm not going to gush about it enough. But I guess, well, I guess in that, if you've been listening the whole time, I've kind of talked, well, the last the last solo episode I was talking about imposter syndrome, right? And that, yeah, I've kind of, with this whole episode, with this whole project, kind of held myself back at times because I'm kind of thinking oh I don't know if I should do this I don't know if I've got a voice and what's been really cool is the times in which I've stepped into my value of courage and sharing things with people and entertaining and spreading joy and interesting ideas it's it's worked out pretty nice because well you've told me that it's been great for you and it's also yeah been great for the guests and and just mm, good stuff all round so <laughs> so yum 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 just gonna appreciate that and celebrate it while I can because I don't know about you but you've got to take the good times while it's good because like I said there's all kinds of 
Ooh, mysteries and things happening in life at the moment, and so it shall be forevermore. But anyway, please continue to write and share the episodes, send your friends. I really appreciate it. And also write to me about what you have been doing that hurts or not doing that hurts. Because I've been talking to, you know, all the mates and baristas and people on the street, whoever I chat to, are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I do that stuff too. So, yeah, that's, um, I'd love to hear what you've been doing and then we can share about it and then we can be like, oh, I'm not alone, you know, that's what we're here for after all, right? I would love that. So write to me however you like. Send me a photo of your cat. Send me a photo of your sandwich. Send me a photo of your grotty plug hole to remind me that I'm not the only one sometimes with a grotty plug hole. And when I say plug hole, I mean the thing in the sink, not something else which people put plugs in, okay? And regardless of if that plug hole is grotty or not, doesn't matter. That's each person's individual business and they can share it with whoever they care so to do so, but I'm not going to do that on here, okay? All right, because I'm here, my friends, to talk to you about... A thing for me is a does it hurt when you do that, do that is meditation. And in last week's episode with Maud Leger, we talk a bit about the meditation that we both practice, transcendental meditation. And another guest who I interviewed last week, um, whose episode is coming up, Annie Carter, we also talk about meditation. And I wanted to share my story I guess to what made me come to it and why I think it's great and how it's affected my life as well as some of the other stuff which there's been a bunch of empirical research around and then also share with you some of my tidbits to help make it more appealing because I know you know it's not as instantly gratifying as the dopamine hit that you get from exercise or it's not as instantly gratifying as the feeling of serotonin or dopamine that you get when you eat or when you um, go on the internet because that's a really tangible thing and the aspects of meditation it's very like oh it's a bit mysterious you know sitting around with your eyes closed and breathing and stuff like it's what's it about and for me, so I started doing kind of mindfulnessy, meditationsy activities kind of thing, maybe in 2015, really sporadically, and then started to try and make a bit more of a regular commitment to it in about 2016. And I hated it, like... I'd do the apps and I'd sit there, I'd sit there really muscling through and I'd be like, come on, you're going to meditate because it's good for you, do the do. And most of the time I'd be like, oh God, is it over? I don't want to do this, this is hard. You know, it was very seldom that I actually felt good from it. Now, I don't actually know if I... Well, I mean, there was probably aspects I wasn't really doing. I hadn't found a technique that suited me, right? And I was kind of coming to it maybe the wrong kind of way, trying to empty my mind and all that sort of thing rather than using it as an opportunity to just look at and 
appreciate and observe and distance myself from my thoughts. Anyway, even during my yoga teacher training, I struggled with the meditations. It didn't feel like that majorly reached sense of bliss. Like the most bliss I would feel would be from the physical practice or the pranayama, the breathing practice of yoga as opposed to sitting. But we did chant Om a whole bunch of times and that felt really nice, like over and over and well, me, <laughs> I use it as an opportunity to like practice harmonizing with everyone else in the class. So everyone's chanting Om and I was like Om, Om every time to try and get a different note going and then I asked the I asked the teacher like are we supposed to chant at the same pitch every time or should we kind of mix it up and like he didn't realize how much of a musical theater geek I was and was kind of just like no <laughs> anyway and then I'd been hearing about transcendental meditation. Like I'd read about it in a book and I read about some celebrity doing it and I talked to somebody else and initially I was like, that sounds pretty bogus. It sounds pretty culty. It is like really expensive. You chant a mantra over and over. Sounds like you're going to get bored. I get my meditation in when I just kind of look at the sky. I was like, that's cool. I don't want that. And then, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's a real, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink kind of a thing, right? And I had a kind of coming at me from all different angles. And I was about to start university and I realized I'm probably going to need something that's going to help me with my stress. And so I asked Maud, I didn't know her that well, I asked her if we could have a coffee and I could ask her the questions. And I was literally like, why is it so expensive? Don't you get bored of your mantra? And then she referred me to her meditation teacher. I was able to go to them and ask them questions about the technique. So that's one thing I'd say. If you're considering starting meditation, if you're going to a teacher and you're going to pay for it, make sure you can ask them all the stuff first. And ask all of the strange, weird things that you think that there might be. Because it is kind of a strange, weird thing if you haven't done it much. And then when I learned, it just felt easy. Like I wasn't expecting it. You know, I could barely sit still for 10 minutes, let alone look forward to sitting still for 20 minutes twice a day. And because it was quite a lot of an investment, um, I managed to get it on a payment plan. I think it was a case of, you know, put your money where your mouth is and I really adhered to the technique. And since then, the things I kind of started to notice straight away was that I felt more maybe kind of in control and things didn't rattle me as much as what they used to. And I'm still quite an emotional and relatively intense person, but I was able to kind of feel like I wasn't caught up in everything all the time. The other thing which it has been helpful for is it's kind of changed my perspective of time. When meditating, sometimes one minute feels like a really long time. And then sometimes the whole 20 minute session goes by really quickly. And so there's that little short amount of time that kind of 
the perspective of has changed, but also the perspective of time in general, as in in a whole day and what I would dedicate time for. Because although it seems like, ah, oh, I don't have 20 minutes, I don't have 40 minutes, I don't have 10 minutes to meditate, what it does, it kind of, even though you're spending that time then, it kind of saves you more time later on. And I guess another analogy is a friend recently said to me, we were giving tips on parenting, she was giving some of her parenting tips, and said if you spend like a quality 10 minutes with your child, that'll like top them up and they won't be nagging you the whole day. But if you don't want to give them that really good quality time, that really good hour, then it's going to be halfway pulling your focus at the child. It's going to be halfway pulling your focus for the rest of the day. And so with this practice, by spending this time on you know, closing the eyes, then the brain do the processing, working on your attention, you're going to be saving yourself time later down the track. How cool is that? It also really increased my attention span and people were like, how do you produce shows and study psychology and philosophy and music full time and work? And I... One thing I put it down to is is meditation because I don't I mean I, I do get distracted today this at the moment it's a very hard time to focus right but generally I feel like my attention span is pretty consistent but that is a muscle you have to work and I could probably do a whole nother conversation about that it's been great for sleep and the reason why it's great for sleep right is because when we go to bed and close our eyes. That's often the first time in the day where we are still and we are not stimulated. So that's when the brain is like, oh, phew, now it's time for me to process all of the stuff that happened today. It's like if the brain is a filtering system for all of our sensory input, it is when we get into bed, that might be the time that it's starting to like sift through and be like holy smokes that was weird or that happened and I'm not sure how that relates to this and da 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 and it can kind of go on and on and on and it might stop us from sleeping that's when the brain can be coming out to boogie so the thing about meditation is if we do it like well the thing about transcendental meditation is we do it twice in the day and I'm not saying that that's the way to do it that's just one way whether it's in the morning and then in the afternoon. I find in the afternoon is great because that's a time when we can sit and be still with no sensory input and let the brain do that processing and kind of sift through and sift through and sift through. And so because that is what is happening, of course you're going to be thinking heaps of stuff when you meditate. Like, all the time our brain loves distraction and that's what we're meant to do we're meant to know what's going on around us all the time and still also remember all the other stuff we've got to do and that's okay the practice of meditation is trying to focus our attention on one thing at a time so maybe that is your breath Maybe that is the feeling of 
your feet on the ground in a walking meditation. Maybe that is a mantra like what is in transcendental meditation. Maybe that is counting numbers or on a loving kindness mantra. Focusing our attention on one thing at a time. And that one thing at a time that we focus on is like a stone that can help drop us down below the level of thought, you know, everyday thought, what am I having for dinner, does my bum look big, to get us to what I call the pool of quietness. So if we think of our, if our minds, our psyche, our spirit like an ocean, right? And on the top, where the seagulls are, where the boats are, where the waves are, we're floating around up there, we're having a chill time, we're thinking about everything, all that's happening in our day. And then we sit in meditation and be supported, so it doesn't have to be in a lotus shape with your hands in a, in a mudra or whatever. We sit in meditation and we use a stone, so a mantra or a focus point, to drop us down below ideally thought into the pool of quietness but if you're not used to that it's going to take a while for the stone to be effective and then what happens is is there can often be the focus the attention thing the mantra or the stone happening at the same time as all the other depths of the ocean and the surface is happening too and that's okay we just want to you know be wherever we are in the ocean and just gently come back down again and so for me sometimes I'm like chanting my mantra and I'm thinking 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 and then boom like I drop in and it's kind of like quiet it's like ah everything's really nice and then I'm like oh wow this is so cool I'm meditating oh my god I'm so meditation is the bomb I need to do this and that and then I'm thinking again you know and then it's and then I just gently guide myself back oh hang on a second mate you're thinking okay meditate mate come back down again and it's interesting because like you kind of well from my experience and I've been doing it consistently since um June 2018 and you kind of like you just learn to be gentle with yourself and see what's there And like I said, that filtering system, if there's a lot to filter through and if it's a really stressful time, those meditations probably aren't going to be easeful. My meditation teacher likened it to, you know, if you've been at a party and you crash on the couch and then they're like, come on, let's go out for breakfast or let's go to the shops or whatever. And you're feeling a bit groggy, you're feeling a bit weird. But if you can brush your teeth, you feel a bit better, even though you're still a bit rough. And so that's what meditation can be like. It's like even if you know that your mind palace is probably a bit dusty because there's all sorts of clutter in there, to just go into the mind palace and give it a little go, give it a little bit of attention and notice what clutter there is is still helpful so there's no bad meditations and I think that's one thing about it as well is like we often get really caught up in binaries right good bad male female hot cold night day 
working, not working, productive, chilling, all that sort of thing. With meditation, it it teaches us or it's taught me a real acceptance of ambiguity and that it's not about the five to 20 minutes that you've got your eyes closed for. It's about the rest of your day. And so on that, like, imagine if I was going to give you a massage, like, oh, hey, look, I can see you listening to the podcast. Let me just, let me just massage your neck a little bit while you listen to this. Mm, yeah, I'm just going to massage in there and that's going to feel nice. Oh, yeah, cool. There you go. That's nice, isn't it? Just a little wee massage. A couple of minutes. What about if you were to lay on a massage table with like hot towels for an hour and a half and get like a really good working over and then you're going to feel really relaxed after, right? What about if you have that but you have that every day because you live somewhere where it's easy to get massages like that and it goes for months of your existence. You're at a retreat or something like that. How relaxed you would feel. Well, that for me is like a good example of how with meditation, sure, if you do it for a little bit amount of time, five minutes, it's going to feel great. But if you do it for a longer amount of time, 15 to 20, all that clutter starts to get sifted through and the stone starts to get down to the quiet place. And I know I'm speaking in like, five different metaphors and I've even got more metaphors because like I said it's a really ambiguous thing so it's like okay well you know I'll give these these ways because what I'm trying to do in this podcast right now is like find ways to make meditation appealing because for me I found it so like I don't know not lame but I was like am I actually doing this because I need to do this or because I just can say that I've done it you know and so because let's be honest it's hard it's hard to practice to sit there and sit with your thoughts and to sit still and to stop when you think that there's not enough time in the day but I find if I make it sound appealing like ooh, I get to go and hang out in my mind palace who knows what's in there maybe I'm just going to hang out in the sex dungeon who cares I'm going to do my best to stay there okay just 20 minutes see how it goes sometimes it's only 15 sometimes I get really mad but then I'm just like you know what that's all good just do it again tomorrow just do it again later see how you go and to not value it because it's about that long, sustained practice. The thing about it, which I never expected, would arise from me learning to meditate and really making a commitment to it, is the self-compassion and compassion in general that came. And I think that's a mixture of, through this process... With mindfulness, we can learn to separate ourself kind of from our thoughts. And we are helping find different neural pathways. Like they've done brain scans of what happens to our brain when we are working this attention muscle, when we are working this non-valuing muscle, not judging, not labeling muscle and just being aware. 
when we are, well, it, it works for the prefrontal cortex and other delicious parts of the brain. But for me, that's probably been the biggest thing that's come from it. And that money that I spent, I wouldn't claim any of that back. There's some money that I want back in my life. You know, there's money that I gave to an ex-boyfriend that I totally want back. But (laughs) that money for the meditation course, I'm happy about it for sure. Because, well, if you knew that there was a way to increase your productivity and decrease your stress and make your sleep better, and help with self-compassion, which helps with your relationships, which helps with working yourself out, you know, being a human in the world, doing all the things that do and don't hurt, where you get the picture, then meditation is the thing in lots of instances. And as weird and as hard and as unknown as it is, because it's not like paying a personal trainer or paying to have pills in your cupboard or whatever, It's worth it and it works. That being said, it's not the be-all and end-all saviour to things. One thing I've actually realised that is probably a downfall is I still cram too much stuff into my life because I'm like, nah, it's cool though because I can meditate and I can handle it. And that is not true. Like meditation doesn't replace days off or it doesn't replace good boundaries or it doesn't replace seeing a psychologist or seeing a therapist or talking to your friends or having a cry or any of that's going for a run or washing your sheets or not showing up properly in your relationships. It helps with these things. You know, you can wash your sheets meditatively. I there's a stage when also with this meditation practice I've been like too intense and hardcore about it and I'm like I'm going to meditate now and um well that doesn't really work (laughs) or to be really tick boxy about it and and not really enjoy it like as soon as the timer would go off I'd be like boom eyes open on with the rest of my day what's the next thing and um I've found for me just kind of stepping away from it for a bit and maybe doing some journaling or doing some other connecting to self-practice has been helpful. Another analogy, if it's helpful for you, is when we meditate, we sit on the bank of a river and the river is our thoughts and we watch them. We sit and we watch them flow by. And every once in a while, we see a thought and we're like, what am I going to have for dinner? And then you start floating down the river. What am I going to have for dinner? Maybe, I don't know, I've got some vegetables. I've got some things. I feel like I should probably, you know, get on with it, get crack and make it. And then you're like, oh, hang on a second. I'm supposed to be meditating. And then you climb out. And then you sit on the bank again, maybe a bit further down the river. And you just sit there and keep on watching the thoughts. And then you're like, oh, but don't I have that really great tempeh that I want to eat or whatever? I'm trying to think of foods that don't really force any dietary preferences on people. Oh, potatoes. Yeah, I think I should have some potatoes. Oh, nah, maybe I shouldn't have potatoes. Oh, and you're like, holy moly, I'm thinking again. And then you climb back out. And the whole of the time, for me, sometimes, I'm just like climbing in and out of the river. 
up and down, up and down, noticing it. And that's okay, like I said. And sometimes I fall asleep, and that must mean I'm tired. I mean, I could hit you with a whole bunch of facts and figures about all of this stuff. A psychology student and me is like, you can't be making these claims without backing up your evidence. But I wanted to genuinely share my experience. And like I said in the episode with Maud, I am very acutely aware that I am probably one of those really annoying people now who preaches the good news of meditation. And look, I used to hate those people. (laughs) I didn't hate those people, but I was like, oh, here you go again. Right on. Tell me. But I don't know. I'm... I find if there's something in knowledge that I wish I heard, then I will share it with somebody else when I can. Because I've been very fortunate to have been shared some wonderful knowledge from some amazing mentors, some amazing teachers, some awesome siblings, some really random strange people I've met, like Combat Dan at karaoke at 4am that I talk about in the episode with Nikita. And I love being able to pay that forward and potentially do that for one of you. So if you like, you can stop the episode now and consider maybe a chance to meditate, mate. You can even write to me and be like, I tried it and I don't know, your metaphors were not quite there for me. Didn't do it, didn't quite feel anything. That's all good. No worries. You will find it if it if it's meant for you. You know what I mean? That sounds super cosmic and crazy, but I hope you know what I mean. And if you would like, wherever you are, something which I haven't really been able to do for a while because of the pandemic, is meditate with other people. And, well... My mind palace could definitely do with a bit more a bit more of me hanging out in there and the good parts. So if you like, I will take you through a really brief meditation. So wherever you are, if you can sit comfortably with your back supported and your feet on the ground, you can sit up in your bed. That's where I do it. I sit up in my bed. I love it. Silence your devices that aren't this. (laughs) And go easy on yourself. Never mind the time. If you're walking, see if you can turn your attention or driving, turn your attention to this one thing, my voice. Maybe you want to softly close your eyes. And then you can open them again. And then softly open and close. And know that whatever is happening in your mind now that we've quietened down is completely normal. And I invite you to turn your attention to your breath. So maybe that's by slowing the breath down, breathing in, breathing out. 
breathing out. Just that inhale. Exhale. Your time, your way. If you like, you can tune into the sound of the breath and the sound of my voice. Or the sensation of your breath as it moves in and out of your body. And if you realize that you're thinking about other stuff, all good. Turn your awareness back to the breath. Not worrying if it's good enough or long enough or deep enough. Just notice it. going to keep the same soft focus on the breath for another minute or so. Whenever you're ready, reunite with your attention. Slowly take time to notice how you feel. You did awesome. Good job, meditated mate. Nice one. And like I said, it's not about the time that you have your eyes closed. So... You can keep on enjoying this space if you've really started to find a zhuzhi little pool of quietness. Feel free to hang out there as long as you like. Thank you so much for joining me with this today. I'm really stoked that I got to share it with you and that you chose to share your time and attention to old JJ. Go easy, mates. We'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much for listening and sharing your time with me this week. For this podcast to continue, I could really use your support. If you enjoyed the episode, please screenshot it and put it on your social media. Send the episode to your friend or family. And if you can click subscribe to the episodes, they'll fall into your algorithm like your old friend JJ popping into your ear every week. I appreciate it so much. And as well as listening to this podcast, you can just keep on listening to your own wisdom by asking the questions, big and small, like, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that.